This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Green and White, the weekly Argo Life podcast. Well, this week we've got Finn. Hiya. Sam. Hello. And Adam. Hello. And I'm your host, Nick. Sorry, I went straight over you there, Adam. Rusty. <laughs> it's fine. Um, we've all been there. <laughs> the major news uh, coming out this week obviously, Plymouth Argyle published their retained list. Under contract, well, let's quickly summarise. Under contract, Mike Cooper, who has a contract for the next two years, correct? He signed a new contract recently. Next three years, yeah. actually. Next three years, is it? Right. Indeed, yeah. Um, Luke Jeffcott, who, as far as we know, has a contract until the end of next season, though could possibly have a, another year clause in there. Uh, um, yeah, end of next season was all I was aware of. Yeah, no, in, there's nothing confirmed that he does or doesn't. That's what I mean. No, indeed, yeah. No. Adam Randall? Uh, just signed a contract. Hang on. Uh, have, um, have we, uh, do we actually know if it's Randall or Randell? Um... Tin Samando ask here, I think. Yeah, I, 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 I to be fair, I, to be Probably fair, calls him Adam. Uh, I think teacher. I Quite think right. te- Well, I think from when I've heard it said, lots of people pronounce it different ways. So go with what. Yeah, you want. I change every month or two. Yeah. Okay. I say um, Randall, by the way, so if that helps. Randall, uh, how long do we know his contract until? I presume just next one year. Yeah, just right. one year. Ryan Hardy for another two years, correct? Yeah. He signed a two-and-a-half-year contract. George Cooper for another two years. He signed a three-year contract. Yeah. Yeah. Kamara, another year, we presume? Uh, yes. Ennis, another two years. Or was Correct. it one year? Two years. No, it's right. another two years. He signed a two-and-a-half-year so. contract. Two-and-a-half, yeah. yeah, I thought so. Um, Brandon Purcell, who we presume is a year. Oh, well, he's a, he's a first-year pro. So, I, I don't know. He was signed up at 17, like the first day he turned 17. So, I guess that says he's quite highly rated, maybe a bit more. We presume, presume just here. Offer new contract, Joe Edwards, Connor Grant, player of the season, Joe Edwards, that is. Uh, Connor Grant, only Tomlinson made his first start against Gillingham, did okay. Danny Mayer, Sam's got opinion. well, everyone's got opinions on that we should be offering him a new contract. Um, and Ryan Law, Sam's got definite opinions on that we should be offering Ryan Law a contract. Um, out of contract, offers alternative role, Luke McCormick. Doesn't mean that he's officially retired. Might mean that we're offering him goalkeeper 
and goalkeeper coach. Same way that we have a James, James Bittner, wasn't that correct? Yeah. Um, could also mean that we've offered him a, uh, a purely management coach with no playing option. He could leave us for, uh, a, you know, to continue his playing career. I don't think that's been confirmed. Gary Sawyer is retired. Um, obviously, all the loans have ended and then released Will Ameson, Boo, Byron Moore, Jarvis Cleal, Ruben Wilson, Scott Wooten, Clyde Lolos, Frank Nublay, Lewis McLeod, Ben Reeves, Jack Ruddy. So let's let's take well, let's let's start with uh, the one I want to talk about. Sam, Danny Mayer, far away. Um, yeah, I, I've I've I would have offered him a deal. I would have offered him a deal on much lower wages than he's uh, certainly reported to be on. Obviously nobody ever knows his wages for sure, but what he's reported to be on it would, would make him our highest paid player by an absolute country mile. And I think, you know, he's a useful player to keep. He's got a lot of good attributes, but I would offer him a contract that maybe reflects his role in the squad more, which is that he's a good player, but he's not been How much our lower? best player or even our top three players. If what he's on is, is in any way accurate, it would be less than half of what he's on. Um, I don't want to start quoting figures on on the podcast. Less like, than half. So you'd be, you'd be offering him a contract 50% lower. If not even lower than that, if not even lower still, yeah. If if what he's reported on, to be honest, correct, which is a very high figure that seems to be doing the rounds at the moment. And I, I would like to keep him because he's a handy player, but he's not in a, either of the two seasons he's been with us, been our best player or probably even in the top three. So, yeah, I would I, I would look to retain him as a, as a, as a as a useful player, really, rather than as a as the star man. Whether that would be enough to keep him, I don't know, but that's that's where I'd go with him. Yeah, I I would I would kind of uh, echo that really. Um, look, the the comparisons between Graham Kerry and Danny May have been endless. You know, ever since he joined the club, and that's kind of only natural. So I'm not going to go into that. But if you kind of look at the comparisons between the impact that the supposed uh, star men of the teams of the last kind of few teams you've had, so Graham Carey, Danny Mayer, Ruben Ramirez, well, it's reported that, or at least allegedly known, sort of, that, that he's on uh, the combined wages of both of those players. So oh, I would be going for half, really, Graham Carey's wages. Probably fair. I, I think even even if he even if he performed like better than he has done for our goal, not that he's done a bad job, but he's just been a bit underwhelming. In all honesty, I, I think you know in the first place having those combined wages, maybe that's what we needed to get into the club. But even so, that's that's still a lot of money. Like even before you've taken into performances, uh, yeah, taken into account performances. Yeah, his, his problem has just been that he's not a match winner and at the end of the day you pay that money for either a match winner or if you're not going to be a match winner then you're going to be the best example I think of is Ben Whiteman. I'm not sure if you remember when he played us and yeah. the reason why he's gone to the championship. He's not necessarily Doncaster's match winner save for if he's taking penalties but that guy is you know the beating heart of their team. And I'm not saying that Danny Mayer um, isn't like running the show when the ball's coming through him into attack but that that can't be all you offer. He hasn't offered enough assists. He definitely hasn't enough offered enough goals. There have been times when he has been detrimental to attacks by not having that cutting edge and allowing defenders to get back when we've got a counter-attacking opportunity. And then as a midfielder, obviously having 
you know, having been a winger and now moved into centre mid and an overly attacking team, that's led to um, him not being that that strong in defence. Not to say he can't tackle, but there's far more to defending. It's far more about you know defensive know-how. Um, and overall, you know, he's you can't. He must be one of the best paid players in the division. You'd have thought if what if what's said is true. You'd uh, think so. Yeah, and it it's one of those, isn't it, where um, I think I put a tweet out a little while ago that got a quite controversial reaction, but basically it was along the lines of, um, is Danny Mayer a very good player? Yes, absolutely. Is he worth the money that we're paying? No, he isn't. And I think we're, we're kind of in a difficult position with exactly how much we'd offer him at the moment, because I remember back when we, we first started considering whether we'd offer Mayer a new deal, we still had the, the salary cap in place, so... Obviously, it was a case that we, we'd be able to offer him lower because every other club in the division had to offer him lower. Now, uh, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel as though I heard something with regards to the EFL losing in court or something like that with regards to the salary cap. Yeah, the salary cap um, is no longer a thing. No longer. So with that in mind, I mean, in theory, we would have, and indeed every other club in the division would have the power to pay Mayor the the wages currently on and certainly it empowers the player now to say okay well um if i'm earning this here and other clubs off, can, can offer him that money it kind of puts in a difficult position where no we don't really want to lose him but we haven't got that luxury i guess of being able to offer him say 50 percent less than, than, than he's on at the moment because he would leave and um it's i mean i guess that may not be a bad thing in the grand scheme of things with the amount he's on that could very much be better invested in the squad but i do wonder exactly um, how low is going to go about this? Because there's there's no doubt that um, I mean uh, that Danny Mara's got a lot of fans, but I don't think he's got any bigger than Ryan Lowe, particularly with the way that he a couple of years ago told us he was better than Kerry and Lemuris. Which I mean that the stupidity of that comment as a side note, the fact that we still talk about it two years later and it's put an unnecessary pressure on the guy from the first whistle from his own manager was uh, misguided, shall we say? But yeah, it's. It's hard to say. I'm, I'd be really interested to know exactly how Lowe's gone about it because he'll undoubtedly want to keep him. And if he does, he may well know that he needs to keep him on the same wage that he's on now to stop another club offering him that money that, that, that Argon may not have. So it's it, it, it's a tough one. And I think if it, if it is the case that he'd be on the wage that he's on now, which may well be the only way to keep him, I would like to see us invest that money elsewhere, and I doubt the manager would agree. I mean, there's two, sorry, Finn, I was going to say, there's two things on um, on mayors. One, I've I've sadly been converted from a Sam to a Fraser. Um, well, I've, I've, I'm there's nothing. There's, there's, there's something. Well, even you've been converted to a Fraser. <laughs> there's nothing that any of us take pleasure in at all. If you're listening, Fraser, you know why. <laughs> um, but um, I, I. I Really wish it didn't. It's such a joy to watch in person. Just it's got got to be more goals, and at the end of it, it's got to be more assists. He's far too passive, and it's, yeah, like I say. But then number two is realistically, who? I mean, Salford are surely the only club who could pay what we're paying now. Who, who would? Well, in a lower division, no one. Lower in the division, no one higher in League One's paying for Danny. Yeah, Mara, I know. why? Why would you? When you yeah. look, what you? No. You say this, you say this. He's brilliant at carrying us from defence to attack. But at the end of the day, you could equally carry yourself from defence to attack by playing long ball to Akin Fenwa. That's not to say we should do that, but 
there's, there's more to the to football than just getting into the attacking third, and that's yeah. where Danny Mayer's lets down. Yeah, and and that is pretty logical. And for what it's worth, I agree with you. But in terms of will a club pay it? I mean, you'll be the first to to say that. Um, a lot of owners, particularly at this level, are incredibly stupid with, with regards now. to these sorts of COVID, lack of income. Yeah, uh, there's exactly. not going to be many. And there's I'd not like to say, many. surely the only ones who are going to be silly enough to throw that in, money around. And but... in the part of the world that he likes being in. I was thinking know. more as well, League Two, where Danny Mayer's always thrived. But he's yet to have one you know, top season at League One level yet. Yeah, it's true. What I would say on Danny Mayer is... You know, I'm I'm this well. I am pretty um. I'm pretty much there on Fraser's argument, particularly of how the seasons ended. If you want someone to pick up the team when we've just gone through, okay, ultimately it doesn't matter. We finish mid table, finishing lower mid table and higher mid table. Keep going lower. Keep going lower. <laughs> finish basically um, the bottom of mid table. Yeah. Well, bottom and mid table. Arguably not even in mid table. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. So finishing if the season the... went on three more games, we'd describe it as a relegation battle. Yeah. That's how low so, we finished. Yeah. So finish. So the point being, finishing between low and you know the the bottom half and the and mid table, it won't really make much difference because you still stay in the division. But like, we need somebody to just pick us up, and Danny Mayer doesn't do enough of that. He just doesn't do enough of that, and ultimately, he's a great player to watch, and um, and and like he gets us up the pitch, like you said. But if we want to get, you know, if we want to progress in this division, there's no good having a player who gets to the box and doesn't produce every time. It's like we want to score more goals. Of course, we want to score more goals. Okay, we want to obviously concede less, but we want to also score more goals. We haven't actually scored that many goals this season, really, compared to like. We've only scored, what is it, four more than we did when we got relegated? Or something like that? So I mean, yeah, factoring the caveat, obviously, the awful end. I mean, like, basically every game, but not, not, that's not quite true. But if you cut out the end of the season, which I'm always half minded to do, because you look at some of the teams we're playing right at the end of the season, I'm not really too fussed about that. Biggest yeah. biggest damning thing for Mayer is zero winners in two seasons. Like, Kel Watts has more winning goals in that time. Yeah, it's just frustrating to watch, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Songo. He's tied yeah. Jan Songo. If he leaves now, he'll have scored <laughs> the same number of goals as Songo, but Songo will have more winners because obviously he got the winner versus Bristol City. I don't yeah, think, and I, his other two were draw Wickham, draw draw Portsmouth, wasn't it? Yeah. Not to mention our other world-class talent, Sam Woods, has a winning goal. Like Ronaldo finish as well. Just like flick at the front post. What a guy. What um, yeah, so, but just not, just quickly on May, I mean, I'd be, you know, I'd be happy to keep him because he's a valuable player to have in your squad, but not the detriment of getting other players in, in the summer. And yeah, whether there's a wage cap or not, like, his wages will probably take up a large, large chunk of our wage budget, if like that, you know? The, the other negative on the, the other thing May is probably suffering, I think everyone's feeling a little bit fatigued right now. And it's a bit... It's been a ridiculous second half to the season. I think there was a there was a period where we went ten weeks and there was only two where we didn't have a Tuesday night game. Yeah, and it got a bit tedious. It drains, it, really? drains your money because you're paying ten pound a pop, um, but it just drains you. Yeah. You, know, you missed one, you missed two. Really ridiculous one, wasn't it? Because the final third of the season, it was um, I worked out we got out of our final fifteen games for forty five points available, we got eight. Eight points out of fifteen games. That's been and also the clean sheets. We had two, didn't we? We averaged three yeah. goals a game in the last 
ten, uh, eight games, didn't we? Conceded. Yes, yeah. Well, the, the goals conceded yeah. absolutely went after about kind of mid mid. You know, our defence has been a bit patchy all season, but after sort of mid late March, the goals conceded. The game just went through the roof. We got and obviously the last, you know, in, in April, I think we, you know, we conceded. Obviously, but it was almost three a game at a point. Obviously, it was three to Shrewsbury, three to Hull, uh, six. <laughs> was it, six to Charlton, three to um, three to uh, Sunderland. We played Sunderland, three to Oxford. We played as well. And then only one to Gillingham, but yeah, it was um, pretty. That was quite um, the victory. <laughs> yeah, two two to Blackpool not long before that as well. Um, so yeah, we're getting to the point where we were just getting a real lot of goals. Just one final quick point on Danny Mayer before we move on to others on the list. Um, I'm sure Adam will like this. Like, I like this comparison. Now Adam's a big cricket fan. If any cricket fans are listening, I like um, Danny Mayer is the Joe Root of Argyle in that he's got all the tools and all the technical ability to be absolutely majestic, but too often, whether it's through a weak mentality or just through not quite hitting the mark, he just doesn't produce it. He just produces well, well below his level on a regular basis. And like Joe Root, he can have absolutely fantastic runs of form. Like Mayer had an absolutely fantastic run of form in January and February. Um, but, um, much like Joe Root. Much like Joe Root in, 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 the, in the Sri Lanka and India tour, exactly. But uh, but much like um, much like Joe Root, um, Mayer, has, Mayer has dropped right back mm. off and, he, and he's now nowhere near the level of his of his, of his best quality. And will he ever get to that level of, of being like he was to bury regularly for another team? Or will he just be like his Fragal of being mostly, you know, solid six, seven out of ten, with maybe maybe one blinding month a season? And if any clubs are looking, or you know, maybe one and a half blinding months a season, if any clubs are looking to take a punt on him, that's the dilemma they've got to consider. Will he produce what he's got the tools to produce or not? I think it speaks volumes that none of us are that bothered at the moment. Mm. I think yeah, like say, there's a lot there's a lot of apathy though, just because I think a lot of us are actually relieved that the football's done. It's yeah. just like after I remember the intense excitement when it was coming back, and obviously a bit with March to September, six months of no football was you know soul sucking and destroying for one reason. Now I'm almost relieved that it's done. I, I'm going to yeah. read you. I'm going to read you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve words. Um, <laughs> that's going to cheer you up though. Uh, this is from the Argyle retain list. It reads quote. Loan expired. Kellen Watts, Adam Lewis, Jerome Apoku, no, Tony Spawner, Sam Woods. End quote. Are we happy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> although, although, um, although, although it feels That's harsh on that, I should say. If you're listening, we then... wishes to Kellen Watts as well after his head injury, I should say as well. Oh, <laughs> really? Sorry, I, I thought harsh, you were literally but... just going to be like, screw the rest of them. Best wishes to Kellen Watts. <laughs> I Come thought that was anytime. coming as well. But yes, well, well, right. well, well obviously, and, and the rest. I'm not sure they tried their best. And I think on an individual level, if they were had a better team round, if they were put into our 16-17 team or our 17-18 team, if they were in a better, more experienced team, on an individual level, I don't think any of them would have necessarily been bad, mm, apart from Woods. I think Woods is just going to be playing for Dulwich Hamlet in a few years, if I'm honest. But certainly a Poku, Watson, Fauna, I think, and, and as we kind of did see with Fauna, very Adam Lewis, briefly, so playing is he included in that list? I think in the right system, yeah. I, I think in the right system, definitely. I think if, if you got played like a um, we, we saw he played well as that left wing back in that four-two-two-two for a couple of games. Certainly going forward, defensively still left a bit to work on. But I think there's definitely a player in there, um, and, and certainly Watts, Apoku, and, and Fauna. Yes, Fauna has been very frustrating for us, and, and Watts, Watts and Apoku I think have been the best two of that five. 
which probably says a lot for the other three. But I think they would certainly certainly watch the Poku. You know, the other three are, is a bit less bit less doubtful, but certainly watch the Poku. You know, with better players around them and in a better team and a more experienced team around them, could have been decent players for us, and I think probably will be decent players for for another team. But yeah, I think this defence is just complete, and you know, defensive players. Because it's funny, they're all defensive players, all, all five of them. Fauna's a defensive midfielder. Lewis is a left back slash left wing back, and the other three were centre back. So all defensive players, and I think you can have one at the most two players like that in a defensive setup. But around them, you need experience and you need leadership. Shoving three or four or five of them in at a time, it's just absolutely never going to happen. It's never going to be a good idea. And we saw what happened when they did. So I think, would I want any of them back? No, I think Lowe Lo just <laughs> evidently hates this defence from the fact he's <laughs> released literally all of them. So I think I wouldn't want them back. But I think, could they thrive at another club in this league? Yes, absolutely. I think certainly Watson Apoku could. Um, arguably Lewis and Fauna could. Woods, I, I think, won't. But, you know, if he proves me wrong, fair enough. I mean, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, that's largely correct. Um, the way it leads into uh, something else as well, but but fundamentally, um, you could definitely fold one or two of these, most likely one, into another team, and I reckon they'd do fine with that experience around them. Oh, fundamentally, gone. So I was just going to say, I think like Jerome Apaku and um, Callum Watts have had really good performances at times this season, um, and they've shown their individual quality. It's just like, why do you put? I mean, you might come on to this in a minute, but like a whole core of a team is basically on loan or in their first season in professional football. What's that about? Like from from the from the management and the recruitment staff. I mean, like, I mean, they might learn from it, but. I, it, it leads into next season with you being a bit sceptical. We've got to recruit five defenders now, Ainton's also got. And I, like, I agree, Finn. Can we do it? Sorry, go on. Can we do it? Like, that's that's what the question's even, you know? Yeah, just just to stay on top of that, um, I think I've got to expound on a line you said there, or in their first season in football, which, you know, to Cooper. Now, Cooper had a, had a pretty fantastic, certainly second half of the season, and uh, certainly a good, at the very least a good season all round. I think we'd all agree on that, but... Definitely with hasn't Cooper, had a fantastic yeah. second half of the season. I, I know it's not his fault for the goals conceded, but honestly, if if Michael Cooper wants to reach to the top, he's got to reflect on that and say this was a bloody awful season. I never want to experience it again. I, well, let's, yeah, let's, draw, let's, draw, let's draw the line on that. Level. Let's draw the line yeah, that. And he definitely could have level. saved more of the goals that have gone in given how many he's faced. Not to put any blame on him at all, but let's row right back from saying anything remotely close to fantastic for the second half of the season. Well, I, dis- I disagree, but that was a caveat. So let's not get too drawn into tangents and caveats. So what I'm saying is, whilst Cooper, okay, let's settle on wording we can agree on. Let's, whilst we can agree that Cooper doesn't have the blame for what's happened, he is probably not the keeper you want to be putting a load of inexperienced kids in front of. Because when McCormick came on in the Sunderland game, you, you could hear even a difference. McCormick, not that he's better than Cooper, certainly not that McCormick should have started, but he's louder than Cooper. He's more communicative. You could hear it straight away. Absolutely you could. could. You, you absolutely could. And and in and in I think the Gillingham game also, but but any, but anyway, so you you would well Cooper is is great. He's got great young talent, um, and he and he could he could well become you know even better longer term. He's not maybe the keeper you want to play three, four, five kids in front of um, at all because I think you, with, with someone like that, they would they would have been just that little bit better with a, with a more experienced keeper behind them. So I think we we can probably all, all four of us agree, and I think Ryan Lowe would, would actually agree as well based on several comments he's made to the media that the problem was too much inexperience in defence, not enough leaders in defence. So 
I mean, I suppose that maybe makes it a little bit odd, and I'm sure Nick will will agree, playing devil's advocate myself, a little bit odd that we've released the most experienced defender and probably the most vocal one in ancient. Nick, I'll, I'll let you have a little oh, moan about that. You're that was, yeah, well, yeah. You, you, everyone know what well, anyone who you know knows my feelings on this knows. I'm not especially pleased at this because while I absolutely agree that our defence was a shambles. And our def- no, no, that our defending, sorry, well, I already undercut my own point, that our defending was a shambles. Our defence, if you were to look at the, each individual player in terms of individual quality, could have been put together better to perform better. And the team's defending as a whole, when you factor in the lack of protection from midfield, the <laughs> for Adam Lewis sometimes, because he had a couple of howlers, thinking in particular Ipswich for that opening goal, um, I feel sorry. I feel bad for actually singling Adam Lewis there because he's <laughs> probably not the only one who, uh, definitely not the only one who deserves blame. But the way the entire team defends and the way Argyle is set up to defend, and that goes all the way to Ryan Lowe and Schumacher and their tactics, awful this season. And it really yeah. annoys me that, like, as a manager, you should be able to sort of. The word is segment, basically. You should be able to see that, yes, the team isn't defending well, but that's not necessarily because of this player or that this player has the skills to benefit the team if we can set our def- you know, if we can get our defending sorted out. And Ameson 100% falls into that category for me. The guy is, in terms of what he's asked to do by low, and in terms of all the... He, I think he's best in League One for winning take-ons. And when you look at the, you know, not being beaten by winning the ball back. I mean, look at what Lowe asks you know, centre-backs to do as back three, particularly the wide ones. They get asked to do an awful lot. They ask to press high, run back, win the ball back, not give it away. And Ameson's been by far the best defender all season when it comes to that attribute. He's best at, I mean, statistically, he's best in the air. He's best at long passing, which is amusing because you wouldn't think it by watching, but he actually is. Um you really wouldn't. No, I'm surprised. No, you really, really wouldn't. No, no, do you remember I pointed this out to you? <laughs> yeah, I was surprised myself. That's like, that's like Frank Nuble having the most amount of shots at one point in the season. I think part, I should say part of the reason Ameson looks worse with long balls is that very often, if you look down the left, Danny Mayer comes short and we play quite nice intricate stuff short. When we play right as Finn's yeah. aware, Camera and Edwards basically line up in a straight line ahead of them, not showing for the ball. <laughs> and Fawn is just sort of like dancing around in the middle, not really too bothered about receiving it. So he ends up in a long ball. We saw that when Ameson went out, when Ameson went to centre back in the back four, Ameson played far fewer long balls. Then he had a really, I think he had 90% pass accuracy because he had people to pass to. And Edwards ended up with the ridiculous long ball stat because he was the one who was getting the nothing uh, support from Camera. But I digress. Mm. Ameson shouldn't have been released. The only reason I've released Ameson is if he was on higher money than was worth keeping fair enough or if they had some kind of falling out or whatever if Ameson was on moderate money then releasing him was a stupid move and I'm not on board with it but so be it it's happened replace him well I remember when I was annoyed that we released Blanchard then we brought in a bunch of other who do we bring in we brought in Hartley and we brought in McHugh so I couldn't complain at that point but at the time I was not yeah and O'Connor exactly but at the time was not impressed that we released someone who blatantly could do a job anyhow that's that's my my rant on um on on names and I know Adam hasn't spoken in a while. Fire away, Adam. Yeah, you, no, be I... careful not to not to disagree with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll you'll be pleased to know that I I, I generally agree with, with what you said. There, I mean, the only reason I can think of that we'd be content with 
release a game. So as if I if I trusted our recruitment and <laughs> do I trust our recruitment? Mm, that's that's a, a perhaps the another topic. Centre backs. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that almost goes without saying that I have trepidations on that one. But we'll see. As you say, it could be a case that um it's freed up a bit of money to to revamp the defense. It could be a case that the manager's lost all faith in him, which I mean I disagree with, but if he has lost all faith in him, it's probably not worth turning him out for next season. So it's one of those where uh, if you ask me in three months' time how I felt about that, it will very much depend on who we've brought in. We, It seems silly to me at the moment to have released Ameson, particularly with the fact that we're, we're all, most of our defence was low needs. We've now got to replace them as well. It, it, it seems a bit of a nonsense to release yet another centre-back, but who knows? We, we, we could be sitting pretty, as you say, with uh, our new versions of, of McHugh, Hartley and O'Connor that, that make us a bit better as a result. We'll see. Here's, here's my very quick prediction for the start of next season, is that because we've now got no... I mean, Tomlinson's <laughs> not going to be a starter, let's, let's be honest. He's most likely going to end up out on loan. Since we've got no... Recognised centre. Say we're staying playing three five two still. We've got no recognised centre backs. We are going to end up shuffling that back three so much while Low tries to find out mm. what the best one is, rather than keeping someone who he knows could do a job at right centre back and having a bit of stability there. No, Just... I, 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 I broadly agree with all those points. Um, I haven't been uh, the biggest fan of Ameson, but I do think having a look at all of our defenders this season, he's probably been the overall most solid in the most amount of games. Uh, but it's like, like it's the recruitment part of it now. It's like, what have I seen from... I, the, the pressure's on the coaching staff now because we've given them the benefit of the doubt that they couldn't get what they wanted in January, so they got they just had to get somebody in. And, and we're hoping they're saving money off Canavan, and that's not a judgment thing. Uh, but do I, do I, I, I hope I eat my words greatly here, but do I um, trust them in getting in five, anybody really? How can you get in five competent centre backs and get them to work together yeah. in time that you want? Especially if you want like progression, which we do, we want progression up the league next season. If you start slowly in the two months because you're shuffling your defence around, then you've got a long... Okay, we've done it before with Adams and stuff, but that that, that was an extraordinary run, you know? Yeah, we, we, we've now got no defensive base. Because let's not forget, defensive mid also, Fauna and McLeod, both gone. So we've got to get defensive mid and all the centre-backs. Well, that, we, yeah, we, given it's the area we got most wrong this season, consistently... Mm. I almost feel like that's the key for me. Rather than the centre-backs, we're obviously going to be very, very important. That defensive mid-position is going to be absolutely vital. I'd just like to see somebody with with a footballing brain, good mobility and things like that. And maybe I, at League One, I'm asking too much, but heck, throw, throw the mayor money at them. Why not? I can't you don't want to pay head. for one season wonder. Yeah, I think this is going to be clipped if this goes terrible, but you get my point. One season wonder Paul Mullen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know. We're, we're sat here next year and he scored 30 goals in our run to the championship, then, then I'll be fine. But no, it, 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 it is one where... I personally believe and it, it is the thing that, that first caught to mind when I when I saw that retainment is that it's going to be absolutely vital, possibly more than anywhere else, to get that defensive mid position sorted. That's because we could, for example, get um, yeah, a slightly iffy defence, particularly as you, Nick, and you, Finn, have said that um, 
it could well be a case that we're shuffling at the start of the season. We could have a little bit of unsettled defending there, but if we've got some really good protection in front of them, it could negate it. If we don't, it could be an absolute calamity. So, yes, absolutely, we need at least four, probably five centre-backs to go alongside Tomlinson. But if we can get an excellent defensive midfield player who will be fit, unlike McLeod, who will have a good footballing brain, unlike Fauna, and probably most importantly, be mobile and able to cover those passing avenues that we will often um, allow to open up on the counter, then, then we we could negate a lot of the issues that, that we've got that we're looking at at the moment heading into pre-season for me. And the manager remembers this, unlike Reeves as well. That's another one to add. <laughs> <laughs> Always ideal. Yeah. Always good, yeah. I, I basically agree with that. I would, I would, I'm going to have a slight bit of disagreement. I'm probably the only one of the four then who, who would have released things, partly due to the reason what Adam said, not necessarily personal disagreement, not necessarily a falling out as such, but more the fact that I think the working relationship between Ryan Lowe and this defence is pretty much entirely broken yeah, down. Yeah. He comes out and slags them off in the media every game. <clears throat> I'm reliably informed he um, is very, very vocally critical to them at matches on the touchline, more so than he is to anyone else. I won't reveal my source on that, but it's someone in the position to know. Um, and, and he's just generally <laughs> does not trust or, 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 or like them, or like uh. them whatsoever. Um, so I think it, it, you've got to feel in anything. If there's, a, if there's a team in a toxic working relationship, you know, maybe in, in a workplace you break them up, and maybe it is that kind of thing. So I, I, I agree with Nick. He might have been of some use, certainly as a rotational player. But I think I think you've just got to make a clean break with this defence, which is what he's done. And um, obviously the, the other promotion-winning defender that's been released, of course, Scott Wooten, after his uh, fantastic spell at Wigan Athletic, where he came on at three one up and they lost four three the other night, but. Uh, uh, yeah, the other day I should say, but uh, yeah, Wooten um, and um, and Byron Moore, the other promotion winner to be let go. I think that one was very much expected. He's not nearly performed to the level this season, have they? And Christ, we all thought he was going to be starting right wing back. That was usurped yeah, we quickly. We thought it was Edwards, didn't we? Yeah, we did. I mean, Christ, you used to hate Edwards. Oh, I don't hate, but you were re- you really not a fan of Edwards. Oh yeah, I thought I thought he was a very mediocre player, and this season he's completely proved me wrong. Like, he, he's had a genuinely very good season. I think he's he's one of a, well. <laughs> Certainly good, at least not very good. He's had a, he's had a really you know, notably good season. And surprised, yes, he, uh, wrong. surprised Byron Moore wasn't voted uh, second for Player of the Year again. Or was it possibly that <laughs> Ryan Lowe didn't give him a name check a week before? <laughs> yes. Uh, I, 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 I mean, um, can I just talk about the kind of defensive area, really? But yeah, I think I've I've mentioned this in uh in previous podcasts and I think you can back me up on this, Nick, that Well just uh, just put more protection in midfield. Like I want to see more protection in midfield. When we've played with two, uh in in the sort of few games that we have this season in midfield, we've looked uh better. And even someone like Tyrese Fauna has looked decent in a two. Uh, with more support, I think our team could really benefit with that. Whether we get a CDM who can read the game well and who can stay fit, I, I, you know, there's not much of a formation change to be had there. If you just change the one to a four, that that's all you need to do. I mean, suits kind of Grant as well. I mean, just think back to the QPR game. We played that one pretty well. I just don't know why we never gave that another proper go. Yeah, two sitting on the counter. Danny Mayer did a good job there. I mean. I think we did in the Huddersfield nice. game in the FA Cup also, did we not, I believe? But that was not certainly not many times. No, don't was believe so. Maybe I'm and wrong. I, believe I mean, we did we... against Blackpool to an extent. 
I believe in the um, we played it against Hull when we lost one nil. We did in the we second did. half. We had a we had a really good go at that second half and probably could have got a point out of the game to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, you're quite right. Um, so those are just like those are just a handful of examples, but it would just help the, the whole defensive unit in general, really. Uh, so to hand, let's so so then how much? Because this is a proper turnover now. How, what what do Argyle need? We we've basically got three starting strikers, and we will yeah. probably bring in a backup player unless one of them Jeff got leaves, in which case Paul Mullins we'll probably be oh, the starting striker. Paul Mullins. Oh, 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 we have a thirty. 30 goal a season striker on the bench. On the Can bench, you imagine yeah. that? <laughs> and then we've got another four lonely centre backs. Um, yeah. So we need to bring in five centre backs at least, most likely six, presumably yeah. one or two lonies there. We need two defensive mids. Yeah. Um, we need a backup right wing back. We have got a backup left wing back in law, though we may well loan him out and bring another one in. And um, we need another centre mid at least. I think Because then we've got three right now in Mayer, Kamara. Grant, but then you might find that's quite. Well, you got Ra- actually Ra- Randall sorry, coming. Randall coming back in, so maybe Randall and one. Yeah, more. true, Randall true. Randall and one more. Yeah, but okay, right. Yeah, Randall and one more. Yeah, I think that works. Uh, unless Randall becomes our backup right wing back, uh, which generally he's played. He's played on the. Um, he's the played right. right mid. Yeah, he's played on the right. very different setup, very different skill set required. I'm not but, immediately keen, but I can see him doing an. Um, but then Nicky again, Nicky Byron Adams Moore. obviously under low. Yeah. Sorry, I was going to say Nicky Adams under low, notoriously, you know, spanned in crosses from deep, very dangerous crosses too, and that's how he made his um, ridiculous number of assists. So we could well see low try to uh, have a go at that. Sorry, well, that's what George Keeper does. Uh, well, yeah, more and like that's what George Keeper does really. Uh, it, it, you know, he's not notoriously that good at, at defending, but his early balls from deep is probably something we've missed at times this season. So that's how how many signings we presume uh, McCormick remains uh, an option as a backup keeper, but we'll probably end up with what I'm not sure why we haven't kept Jack Ruddy because we'll probably end up bringing in another Jack Ruddy. I'm sure I saw whisperings that this McCormick role it, it, it could have been just rubbish on Twitter. It's more to do with like football in the community. I don't think he's going to continue as a string to play. Alone brought him on in the Gillingham game to make 350 before he retired. I, I think I'm sure. You know, you are right that it's not explicitly been said, but I think that's the very clear undertone is that he won't be playing. So, so we are thinking about another goalkeeper coming in, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, so we've got potentially another goalkeeper, <laughs> six centre backs, up to five or six centre backs. That's six. Two defensive mids. That's eight. At least seven or eight. We're basically another talking right about wing back. Defenders. Nine. We are basically we're just we're getting an entirely new defence. It's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. And then, oh god! I mean, like, and then on top of that, what happens if we decide to go for a back four? Are we playing Connor Grant or George Cooper there? You maybe think that one of, one of these new centre backs will be able to cover right back or left back, wouldn't you? You'd hope. And you, Scott um, Wooten technically could cover right back. <laughs> well, true. And of course, <laughs> of course all, all these numbers we're saying that's conditional on assuming that the five who've been offered contracts all accept. Now, you're no doubt Tom's in the law world, but there is a chance that Edwards. Grant and the mayor, you know, maybe at least one of those three might get a better offer and might leave. Yeah. So that you've got to factor that into the equation as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So we're, we're looking at least at nine signings, nine first team signings. Oh, at the very God. least, yeah. I think I, I'd be very surprised and almost a little worried if, it, if we didn't reach double figures with, with signings for, 
for for those various positions over the summer. To be honest, I I just like to hope they're busy right now. And and, and Lowe's right when he says that it's going to be a busy few weeks before pre season starts because oh, it needs to be biggest yeah, overhaul since well. the summer of twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah, when we. Um, launched a new kit, I think, and we still only had about three players on the books, as I recall. <laughs> that yeah. So, so, yeah, I, yeah, something like that is probably going to be the way. Okay, we're not going to go down to three this time before they all sign their new deals. But yeah, something like that is probably going to be necessary for, you know, for at the very least the end of preseason. If we go into the start of preseason and we we still need a few more than, than, than fair enough, I think we'll still have enough for the likes of Parkway. But you know. We're, we're, we're going to need to keep working and Lowe and, and Schumacher and, uh, you know, everyone behind the scenes is going to need a, a, a very busy time between now and the end of June to, to get everything sorted and ready to go. Yeah, we're, we're, I mean, we've already heard Paul Mullen, obviously. That's the one we've really heard that's concrete. I mean, most of what Alan, Alan Nixon says surrounding lower league is usually pretty good, pretty reliable. Um, but I, in the next two or three weeks, I'm, I, I, for my own personal worry about next season i need to hear i need to hear that we're in for a couple of defenders we're not going to hear much in the next two weeks we we, we probably won't start well, hearing stuff until um second third week of june i don't think so well yeah um yeah so not next two weeks next few weeks yeah three four weeks yeah i was gonna say like for example the playoff teams won't have even um uh wouldn't even finished till the end of the month um yeah you won't yeah. see transfers for a little while there's big pressure on ryan low though because he has it's burnt. Not, it, he has burnt out a lot of goodwill this year, um, yeah, and we we saw with Derek Adams. We know with all managers, once 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 you've breached that, once you've said low out for the first time, it's so much easier the second time, and one small bad run can very quickly spiral. He's got to, he, he's got to get us right. He said a lot about the defense and and making it better next season, but we haven't actually. Well, he said next season, but we haven't actually seen any real evidence of his ability to make it better. So that's now what we need to see. Um, Ryan Lowe recruited that defense. Let's not forget. Yeah, basically yeah. every single one of them. He signed off on a lot of it. His planning, his budget management. I, I've. You know, I'm Adam said, you've said, I'm not confident in the slightest about the way he's going to go about recruiting centre backs. Prove me wrong, please. Well, we certainly hope so. I mean, we, we've kind of devoted the whole podcast to the retain list. I mean, I was going to say, is it worth talking about the way we ended the season? But I suppose we pretty much covered it in, in no. talking about the players, and, and also we don't really want to, do we? But, um. Um, Ryan Law, it's kind of got to be, I suppose he's the only one we've not really mentioned as yet. It's obviously McLeod and Reeves were obvious that they never played. Ryan Law's the only other one we've not really mentioned. Is it, I mean, I guess, you know, it's got to be now or never for him, hasn't it? Because I think in this most recent games, Nick takes the mix and I'm, you know, I think, you know, of course I want to release Ryan Law. I think he's rubbish and that. But I think I've got to say, he's looked very lively. He's looked very committed and dedicated and, you know, willing, willing to push forward. I don't think he's had a lot of quality, if I'm honest. I think he's put in a lot of kind of... I don't think he's put in many real stinkers. I mean, you could maybe say the Sunderland game was one given away the penalty, but that was never in the box. So. I gave him a three. You did. And I, a, a, you did, and I actually gave him a half. Which is quite amusing. Yeah, I, I, I would keep him and gave him a three. You dislike him, want to release him, and gave him a five. I'm not sure how you... I mean, he made a <laughs> well, lot I, of I mistakes. Him, he did make a few mistakes, but the, the, I, I'm, I'm not counting the penalty. Big so mistakes. The penalty, but... Mistakes that had... A tangible impact on the result. Yeah, well, I, I only did a bad refereeing, but but any, anyway, anyway, I, I, let's not let's not get too bogged down in caveats again. I agree, he didn't really have a he didn't have a good games, but 
you would keep him because you think there's more room to improve. But what I would say to that is, you know, and I hope you're right. I really do. There's nothing more I like to see the young players succeed. But he's not in the category of 18, 19 anymore. He's now 21, nearly 22, I think. So it's got to be next season he establishes himself as a a viable option who actually pulls in good performances at this level, doesn't it? You know, or, or never. We're talking about sort of recruitment around defenders and what and and learn and low hopefully learning from that. Um, but I heard it, you know, when I was watching the game on the weekend, um, I heard a, a thing from the commentator which said the last time, uh, well, no, it wouldn't be the last time, but you know when we lost 5-2 to Gillingham on the last day of the season when we needed to score a ridiculous amount of goals to overtake Cheltenham? Yeah. Ryan Law was on, right, and our squad was absolutely depleted. Ryan Law was on the bench then. And he was, so, on, he was on the bench even before that. He was on the bench when we drew 1-1 at Fleetwood in March 2018. So, yeah. He's been in there yeah, around so the for a at- long time. Oh, come on, he was there through the absence of others. That's a bit like saying, like, Brandon Purcell is not in and around the no. squad. Yeah, he's been on the bench. Let's yeah, row back from that. Mm. No, this is, this would- is his first opportunity. He's, what, started how many games at the end of the season? Four. At a time yeah. when... Yeah, at a time when he's being supported ably from centre-back by, what, the likes of Watsapoku, Woods, Tomlinson... We like look at the teams we're putting out. Of course, we're crashing and burning there. I, I, I've seen enough of Law to like what I initially saw. I'm happy for him to be given a go, particularly say if he were the only change from our best team rather than basically playing our B team. Yeah, I, I'm all for. I'm all for it. Oh. He, he'll be cheap. If he's not very good, it won't cost very much to get rid of him or loan him out or whatever and get someone else in. No, well, as far as I can see, there's not real, no real negative in you know using. I him. think, yeah, I think I'm in that camp as well, really, in the sense that I think it, it would be very harsh to judge him on, on, on what we've seen across these four <laughs> games, because as, as has been covered numerous times by everybody, um, the teams we were putting out were the likes which I never want to see again. So it's it's worth him having a go. I mean, particularly for example, with what we've been saying about the, the sheer number of players that we need to sign. If we've got a cheap option like Law there, then why the hell not go for it? It's um, almost a no-lose situation. If it doesn't go well, then um, it's thanks very much and goodbye next summer. But yeah, it it would be a shame to see him or, or, or see him not get a chance in some capacity after the, these four games. Because for him to, I guess, bow out of, of, of his Argyle career on the back of those four would feel a little unfair. Uh, that was the that was my overall point. Really, was that. Um... He's been at the club a long time, um, and that's unusual because we usually see in previous years we would have seen people youngsters on the bench not given an opportunity and then released. So, and and particularly from when when uh, what Ryan Lowe would have learnt with uh, with Jeff Cott is you give these youngsters um, a year's contract, see if they can do anything. If they can do anything for you, then great. If they can't, then they're pennies anyway. So. Can we just also review what our, our back four was at the, at the end of um, at the end of the Gillingham game? How we ended our defence this season? <laughs> Edwards, Fauna, Tomlinson, and Law. Who had money at the start of the, at the beginning of the season that we would end the season playing a back four like that? Well, playing a back four at all, in fact, but, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, just... <laughs> yeah. And, and McCormick in goal as well, if we're going at the end of the game. Yeah, and McCormick in goal. <laughs> kind of says it all, doesn't it? I mean, it, there's probably a, a wider point to be had there. If we go back to, 
to January and how readily Lowe was able to say, okay, let's see the back of Canavan, let's see the back of Wooten. And perhaps he recognised that it was going to be a case that, okay, maybe getting rid of them is going to get us a slightly lower position in the league without necessarily going down. And if, if that is the case, fair play to him, it has worked out, but it does pile a lot of pressure on him now to say, okay, well, that's what's happened when you've got rid of those defenders. It, it goes like that. You know that now. Prove you can fight it. We'll see. Yeah, that's what we're all hoping. It's all it? on this summer for low. I think, yes, you know, he, he took us up. He kept us up, but the bare, bare minimum way of doing so. You can say he, you know, sold Canavan and didn't really replace him properly in January because, you know, oh, we were going to come mid-table anyway, so let's just cut the budget a bit and <laughs> keep some budget back for next season. Fine, but it's got to happen. We've got, we cannot yeah, have a season totally. anything like the one we've just had if he wants to, you know, I would say keep his job, but I, you know, I think Simon Hallett's a, uh, a man who doesn't sack very often. So I think if we had another season like this, I think the pressure would be, would be turned up a notch, but he probably would keep his job. But um, and, and, and you've got to say that he's been recently been given a new contract. And he's so. recently given a new contract. So I don't, I don't necessarily say he's got to have a season a lot better than to keep his job, but he certainly does have to have a lot better season than this to keep the faith of the fans and to show that he is this promising young manager that the football perceives him to be. Because if we have another yeah, season like this, he'll lose that reputation. With, with, for his benefit as well, I mean, <laughs> look, we, we, we all know that Ryan Lowe is quite a fan of Ryan Lowe. And uh, there's, there's nothing, <laughs> yeah. nothing in the main necessarily wrong with that. But I mean, with the, if he wants to progress, he's clearly an ambitious guy. And if he wants to carry on you know, progressing up the football ladder um, like we do, the, then he's he's got a, a crucial few months ahead to, to prove that he can do that. And by all means, yeah, if he does, then fair play to the guy. Maybe we'll get to a situation then where we're looking at championship clubs sacking their manager and maybe a bit worried that he'll, that he'll jump ship again. But I mean, it's, it, it is very much, um, I, I'm kind of in the, in the camp with, um, with Sam there in the sense that it, it feels like it's certainly the biggest summer Lowe's had in management and, and, it could well be a make or break time for it, how his time at the club is perceived and indeed how he's perceived by the football community at large. Because it because it's worth saying also that whether um, you know, he could have a, another season like this and keep his job, like Sam said, but it's football's also about positive and negative momentum. So then if we were to go in a no, if we were to go into another season after next season with, you know, the form we've ended this season with, then like the, the the apathy around the around the squad would be just just uh, around the squad. The apathy around the fans wouldn't be, you know, going into another season like that wouldn't be great, would it? So it's so yeah, it's a massive summer, and well, we can only hope that he's, he he he. Uh, yeah, like he he says he's learned a lot. He now needs to show it. That's the overall point, isn't it? I mean, can yeah. you imagine what the fans would have been like if they're in the ground for some of? For that end of the but, season, yeah, for Chelsea, oh, crikey, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I, I think for whatever reason, though, I think Ryan Lowe. Well, I know I say whatever reason. I think it's going to be his personality. I think well, some fans like to turn on Lowe a bit. I think the fans are not turning on Lowe anything like as much as they would have done if Derek Adams had produced his form. I think we'd be seeing we'd be <laughs> seeing riots and cause for blood if Adams had resulted in this kind of form and. um I think the fact that Ryan Lowe is a, a lot more of a, a crowd pleaser, he's a lot more of a bubbly personality, certainly, you know, at least on the surface, is doing a lot to make, and, and he's been very honest and blunt in interviews. 
Red Adams is also. I don't think nonsense, he... I guess. Go on, Vin. I know. I know. Me, me personally, I, I don't. I didn't care as much because I wasn't in the ground. <laughs> like, I didn't actually yeah. care that much about the result. Like in the net, in the last two months of the season, not just because, but I was just bored. I just, you know what I mean? That's not football for me, really. No, and I think not being in the ground definitely plays a part. I think also you, you'd have to look at it and say, well, this is the first time, I think, off the top of my head, since 13-14, where we've got into the final game, or in the final few games, to be honest, with, with nothing to play for. Yeah, so that, that I think when you combine all of that together, I think... I'm pretty sure our form at the end of 13-14 was, was, was pretty bad as well. And um, it, it yeah, got it to was. the stage eventually where we were able to pick it up for 14-15 for and, and, and make the playoffs in the end. So I'm not too concerned with um, the, the, the mood around the camp. I mean, particularly and also it's going to be a new camp, isn't it, as well? If I can just quickly cut in, it's going to be like a whole Absolutely. new camp. A, yeah. there's going to be loads of, loads of new people in it. And B, I think the special circumstances that only apply to this season rather than, than any other is, well touch wood and keep my fingers crossed is that when we come back there will be a renewed energy around all clubs by the fact that that fans will be back in the ground so it's one of those where I'm not necessarily concerned by the mood in the camp by the downturn in form or indeed people's attitudes on low because as you say Sam it's very different to any downturn that we would have had under Derek Adams so I think there's every chance for low and for Argyle to hit the ground running and really get the momentum flowing if we start next season well. Agreed. I think just where our trepidation is and where I think the trepidation for all of us is, is at the moment, we don't really trust that that's going to happen, but we're all desperate and I'd love nothing more than, than to be proved wrong on that and say, yeah, absolutely, hats off to the guy. All right, that's all we have time for. Um, lastly, predictions. Aha, just kidding. Brilliant. Shall we have COVID predictions? Are we getting fans in? Uh, um, I think yes. I'm a, God, I'm a, I'm a big believer in Should we predict the daily... Yes. No, no. Daily new cases for the next day. Go on, someone have a stab. Uh, 1,942. I don't even know what the daily new cases are. They're about that. Give or take. <laughs> I'll take your word for that. Um... So we will be back hopefully next week with an end of season quiz. Um, oh, sprung that, Nick sprung that one on us. <laughs> I wasn't aware. Of, right. Bring it on. <laughs> uh, it should be easy enough to pull together. Um, so we're back for an end of season quiz uh, next week or the week after. Then after that, when the European Championships gets underway, um we will hopefully be running a England podcast, which I want to call the road to inevitable despair or the road to inevitable disappointment. But I think I'm going to be outvoted on that. Um, Thank you all so much for listening. It's been green and white. Goodbye. Goodbye. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.